2: The following program is a podcast1.com production.
3: He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk Is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho.
0: Welcome to Talk Is Jericho, the Pot of thunder. And rock and roll. The people's podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom. Let's go for a ride. Somebody's gonna get the ass kicked. Somebody's gonna get their wig split. Somebody's gonna get the ass kicked. Somebody's gonna get their wig split. Beat him up. Beat him up. Break his neck. Break his neck. Beat him up. Beat him up. Break his neck. Break his neck. Beat him up. Beat him up. Break his neck. Break his neck. Beat him up. Beat him up. Break his neck. 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 I tried to blow into a, a water bottle to get that fine <laughs> that you'd get off a beer bottle, but I'm not drinking beer. See what happens, people? Huh? Adam Carolla is coming up. He's the pod father. I'm also going to be taking your phone calls a little later in the show, so keep your eye on the Twitter. Eye on the Twitter. The phone number will be posted at Talk Is Jericho. You want to call in? Don't miss it. Okay, but before we get started. Got to take you out to the woodshed. I know I spoke to you about it last week, but in all seriousness, I need your help. ...to check out my amazing sponsors, my sexy beast sponsors... ...who make it possible for me to do this show for you for free twice a week. And now we've made it really easy for you to find them all in one place. Go to PodcastOne.com and click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. Then you can click on Talk is Jericho and easily access all my sponsors... Every one of these sponsors I've personally selected, I believe in all of them. Now, not only can you check out my sponsors, you can also get to my Amazon link from there even better. Brand new. Open it up the world. You can now link to Amazon UK and Amazon Canada as well as Amazon here in the US of A to help support the show. So all my UK, Canadian, American Jerichaholics can help keep this show a running. Keep the show running. Keep the show running. Keep the show running. It's for free. Like me. So again, please go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts free banner at the top of the page and show my sponsors a little bit of love. Give them some loving. Gimme, give gimme give some lovin'. So thanks again to you for supporting the show and supporting my amazing sponsors. I love doing this show. I want to keep doing it for you for free twice a week.
3: Thanks for listening to another great show from PodcastOne.com. We've got over 200 of the most listened to podcasts in the world. And with the NBA playoffs rapidly approaching, be sure to catch Short Corner with comedy writer Justin Halpern and ex-NBA journeyman Paul Shirley. Steve Nash. Yes. How do you do? Catch the launch of Pussycat Dolls founder Robin Antons new podcast. Kim Kardashian checks in.
1: Yeah? Hi. And
3: if you're really feeling crazy, Podcast One has the Honey Badger coming soon. Hey, stupid, what's going on? It's all happening now at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastONE.com. Talk is Jericho.
0: My favorite, one of my favorite gigs of all time is Queen Live Aid. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was voted by, you know, 60 different writers and reviewers and prognostics of being the greatest gig of all time. And it's one of my favorites. It's kind of what Fozzie bases our uh, motto on in that we always want to do a Queen at Live Aid set. And that means they only had 20 minutes, but they went out there and just destroyed it. They played all their hits, not a lot of talking, great crowd re- interactions from Freddie, great, uh, you know, just the whole, se- the whole vibe of, of, of their set was amazing. And it got me to thinking about the whole Live Aid show, Uh, in its entirety. I have the DVD set. It was a four DVD set of the entire live aid performance. And I'd watched it years ago, but I decided to go back and revisit the whole live aid show. Now, what a spectacle this was. It's something that we'll never see again. And the reason why is because it had never really been done before. It was back on July 13th, 1985. So we're pretty much at the 29 year anniversary almost of this show. And for those of you that remember, for those who don't remember, it was two giant stadium shows. One of them was in Wembley Stadium in London, and the other was in JFK Stadium in Philadelphia. And it was a simulcast, so you would have... It started off first at the London show, and then about three or four hours in, it was back and forth between Philly and, and London. So you would kind of get... Uh, you know, It would be a nonstop kind of ongoing... Show and it lasted all day long, and I remember donating to it. Watching it back in 1985 on a hot summer day, and they had the, the numbers crawling across the stream, the screen, and you would phone in and and vote uh, or give money. I guess is what was what they're asking for. Now it was such a crazy concept because you talk about rock and roll hall of fame. There were so many rock and roll hall of famers on this show. It blows my mind, and it's the reason why I don't think you could ever do something like that again because it just everybody was involved. So I watched all of the performances and it's funny too just to see like the 80s man I mean the hair you know it's kind of like talking about the mullets but the, the big the prevalent hairstyle that everyone really had was like really poofy kind of a giant mohawk where the sides were shaved but the the poofiness was like at the front and they all had mullets on the back and I'm talking about you know the these crazy suits with the big uh padded shoulders and they would they would all match So you'd have like a lime green jacket and lime green baggy trousers with like a white fluffy shirt underneath it. Everybody wore the same stuff. And obviously, started out in, in London, and you had a bunch of really kind of English bands that were really more, most famous. Like Status Quo kicked it off, Style Council, Boomtown Rats, which was Bob Geldof's band. Bob Geldof organized the whole festival, put together this whole thing. Um, you know, Spando Ballet, Nick Kershaw, Sade, but it really kicked off when Sting came on. Because obviously Sting is, is Sting. So he came out there and was like the first guy to really kick it off at a big level. Also, he was wearing like just these like rolled up, I think they're called cargo pants and a big baggy shirt. Like, baggy in the 80s was the way to go. So they had a lot of interesting duets too. Cause Sting and Phil Collins then sang Every Breath You Take. And then Phil Collins sang his own song Against All Odds. Now, Phil Collins was kind of the star of the show for that day because he performed in Wembley. Then got on the Concord and flew to Philly. He performed with Eric Clapton, and then he performed with Led Zeppelin. Now the problem with the Zeppelin gig is it's a very famous story. Is that if the Zeppelin performance is not on this DVD because Jimmy Page's guitar was out of tune, and this is the, the first time they'd reunited since like 1980. Zeppelin did so. Uh, Page's guitar was out of tune. Phil Collins played the wrong part. He it was he, they just they, they butchered Stairway to Heaven. It was really bad. And because of that Page and Plant refused to allow that performance to ever be seen anywhere officially again. Now it's on YouTube so you can go check it out, but you will never see that officially on any one of these uh of these DVDs or whatever. So then Paul Young came out. Remember Paul Young, he had a big song called Every Time You Go Away, Come Back and Stay and he tore it up in Wembley which led to the premier performance which was U2. Now, this was 1985, so U2 is still getting started. They, now, each band had 20 minutes on stage, and they had a, a, a traffic light on stage, green light. And when you got to 18 minutes or 19 minutes, it went to yellow. And if it got to red, you were done. You, there, your power was cut, and you were finished. So every band only had that. It didn't matter who you were, what, 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 how big you were. So U2 had 20 minutes, they played Sunday Bloody Sunday, then they went into bad, okay, and they played it for like 14 minutes, it was amazing, now you gotta watch it, if you you have a chance to go on YouTube or to watch the DVD, watch U2, they were one of the stars of the show, that's when they broke out as being U2, Bono, he jumps off the big part of the stage, goes to like a lower part of the stage, and he's pointing at somebody in the front row, now there's 80,000 people in Wembley. People are crushing up against the barrier. Bono keeps pointing to this one girl. He jumps off the stage. It's about an eight-foot drop, and he goes to the front and helps the security pull this girl out of the front row and dances with her. We come to find out that she was being crushed at the front of the barricade, and Bono could see it and was trying to point to the security guard's to help her but they didn't understand what he was saying so he jumped off the stage like i said an 8 foot drop and went and helped her out of the front row it's it's it brings chills to you, your spine it's like goosebumps that like bono still had that presence of like god you know he was like the ultimate rock god and here he goes jumping down to the floor to, to pull this poor girl out and then gives her a big like this big embrace and it was just amazing man it was so cool and then we had the beach boys who sounded great? Lots of harmonies, lots of cool stuff. Dire Straits and Sting singing "Money for Nothing." Remember that one? He said, I want my MTV. Uh, and then, of course, then Queen came out and did their just one of the best things you'll ever see. If you like live music, go watch Queen Live Aid now. And the thing was, Queen at that point in time weren't very popular. They were kind of on a downswing. Geldoff's Geldof uh, convinced him to do the show and said, listen, all I want is hits. I don't want any pomp and circumstance. I don't want any crap. I just want the hits. And the rumor, the legend is that all of the guys were standing on the side of stage watching. You got Elton John and Sting and Paul McCartney and Mick Jagger. Like, everybody's there. Well, Mick was actually in Philly. but uh, And they just watched as Freddie just controlled the crowd. And they were all just like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And that was like the, the brilliance of Freddie Mercury. Then you had David Bowie, and you had The Who came out there that just killed it. Elton John and George Michael. And it was funny because George Michael was still in Wham! at the time, and they walk out on stage together to do Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, and George goes to the front of the stage, and Andrew Rid- Ridgely, poor Andrew Ridgely, who was the other member of Wham! He goes back to the uh, to the background vocal booth and just like, you know, shut up and just stand in the background where you belong. Then we have Madonna when she was just first starting out. McCartney did Let It Be. McCartney's mic dies, and for the first two minutes you can't hear him. It's just Paul playing piano. That's like that's how it was in 1985. Like Just good luck, buddy. And there was uh, all these rumors that the Beatles were going to reunite that day. And I guess uh, George Harrison was like, why would I go on stage and sing Let It Be with Paul? He didn't want me to sing Let It Be with him 20 years ago. Why would he want me to sing it with him now? Classic George. The coolest guy in the room always. And then the Band-Aid. Remember a couple weeks ago I told you about Band-Aid? Do they know it's Christmas time at all? They had everybody come on stage, and and Bob Geldof said, this probably might be a little bit of a cock-up, which means like a cluster, but everybody was great, and there was like 60 people on stage, and you, you see at one point in time, Freddie Mercury, Bono, and Sting all harmonizing on one microphone. I mean, how amazing is that? That was the end of the Wembley portion. Then you went over back to the States. Tom Petty kicked it off. Sabbath reunited, so you had a Zeppelin reunion and a Sabbath reunion on the same day. And Sabbath sounded great. Ozzy was off the charts. Then this Ario Speedwagon. Crosby, Stills, Nash. Judas Priest were killer. The cars were killer. Neil Young. Um, you know, Eric Clapton, like we mentioned. Phil Collins doing another performance. Duran Duran. Like in 1985, Duran Duran was like the shiznit, yo. Everybody on this show is huge. I mean, how many Hall of Famers have I read out already? Hall and Oates came on and did some numbers with The Temptations, which was killer. Then Mick Jagger came out. Sang A Miss You and a couple of his solo tunes. And then Tina Turner came out and they sang State of Shock and it's only rock and roll. And Mick did a wardrobe change in the middle of the song for no apparent reason. Like they're just like the band just keeps playing. And Mick splits, comes back on like a minute later with a wardrobe change. And then Tina comes out and Mick rips Tina's skirt off. So she's just wearing like a leotard, like her ass is hanging out. And like she's acting like it was a surprise. Obviously, it wasn't. But remember how huge Tina Turner was back in those days? And then Dylan comes out with Keith Richards and Ron Wood. And that shows how much the Stones were arguing at that point in time. Because Mick, Keith, and Ronnie were all in the same city and didn't play together. But they played with other people. Very, very strange stuff, right? And then, of course, they had the big finale of USA for Africa, We Are the World. Which wasn't as cool as the um, Band-Aid... thing because the it was basically led by bob geldoff and sting and george michael those guys were all on the track there wasn't a lot of people that were on the track michael jackson was conspicuous by his absence he refused to take part prince refused to take part springsteen refused and feels bad about it now says if he would have realized how big it was he would have uh he would have done it so there was a lot of people that didn't show up you know um but it was interesting too it's funny because they had like uh like Chevy Chase and Jack Nicholson and Bette Midler introducing the bands, like very non rock and roll people. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was just kind of like just shows just how huge the whole uh the whole spectacle was. And meanwhile, the whole thing was to keep it was like a telethon. You would buy, you know, uh, you you would pay money for the telethon. Apparently it made two hundred and eighty three million dollars total is what they did. They were hoping to raise $1 million. The final figure was almost $300 million. So it was a huge success. Geldof received an honorary knighthood for his work and it's an amazing spectacle. It's a perfect time capsule for who was huge in 1985. If you weren't on Live Aid in 1985, then you weren't really anything with the exception of maybe um, Springsteen. So there you go. Go and check it out and you will not regret it. You too, and Queen, stealing the show. We've got Adam Carolla coming up next, but first. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards.
3: The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This, this is Talk is Jericho.
0: Joining the pod of thunder, right now we have the pod father himself, Adam Carolla is on the line. How you doing, man?
2: Doing well, thanks for having me.
0: Well, I appreciate this and it's funny because I don't know if you remember, I know you have so many guests on, but I did your podcast about a year and a half ago, and it was the first podcast I ever did, and I remember I was thinking, a oh, podcast is probably like, you know, how big can this possibly be? I thought that podcasts were kind of like something that some kid did out of his basement, and then I walk in your huge, immaculate studio and see on the wall the Guinness Book of World Records plaque for the most listened to podcast ever. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, we had that photoshopped, and I hang it in the front to build confidence in guys like you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, to let people know uh, this is the real deal, right? <laughs> no, I just
2: put my name over Ricky Gervais's. It's a thing, you know. It's, it's an app. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you were great, by the way. And thanks. It's, it's fun. It's like everybody in in the world who you know. It's 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 a weird thing because it's like anybody can have their own radio station now, right? Either at their warehouse or in their living room or in their mom's basement. You know, that's the good news. The bad news is there's two million radio stations all running out of someone's basement.
0: <laughs> well, and and that's the thing, like you said, I mean, that's kind of the way the media is nowadays is, is anybody can be a star and everybody can be a star. But, I mean, your, your podcast, like I said, it was the first experience I ever had. And we just sat around and we just talked about whatever was going on. I remember there was some, like, bum that, had, that they'd found He took to the hospital, and he had, like, lice in his chest hair or something, and we talked about that for, like, 20 minutes, and afterwards, I, I remember thinking, like, wow, you can actually have a show where you just do talk about just random stuff? I just couldn't believe how fun it was to be, to be involved and, and just talk about whatever you want. I mean, that's the beauty the beauty of podcasting. There's no real censorship on the content that you have. You know, it's
2: not only censorship, like you know fcc business right but most radio stations have a program director Mm -hmm. and they're going to limit your lice infested bum talk to four minutes and under (laughs) and and then you got to go to commercial yeah you know so it's not only the restrictions put on you by the man so to speak Mm -hmm. There's another man, he's a program director, he's nervous, he works for the station, he's staring at a clock, and if George Clooney was the guest and sat there for more than six minutes, he'd be giving you the wrap it up sign with his finger through the glass.
3: Right.
0: Yeah, and you don't have to, to, to worry, and I know that you kind of got into the whole podcast thing because you, you had your own radio show, and then it kind of went awry. T- tell us about how you got into the whole, the whole thing and becoming the, you know, the biggest podcast in the history of the planet.
2: I, it started with me doing Loveline. And when I did Loveline, the radio show, it was a syndicated radio show Mm -hmm. and it was on in over a hundred markets, maybe a hundred and fifty markets. And when I switched from doing Loveline in a hundred and fifty market, I switched to doing mornings out here in Los Angeles to about, I don't know, six or eight markets. Mm -hmm. And it was at that time, maybe 2006, I, I was starting to realize there was a lot of people in Boston and Chicago who were used to hearing me who couldn't hear me, mm-hmm. but they were listening on their computer. Okay. Because they missed me, and they were kids. They were young guys because they, were, they listened to Love line, So they're all kind of computer savvy, got their information from the computer, so on and so forth. So at some point when I was doing my morning show, they would come to me and say, you've had... 19 million minutes of streaming this month online. And I'd say, wow, who's all listening, you know, to a morning show mm-hmm. online, you know? I, and I realized it was all those people from all those cities that didn't have my previous, that had my previous show, but didn't have my current show. Mm-hmm. So when I ended up, when they, when they switched formats in the radio station, they said, um, all right, you got two days left. I said to everyone, I'm going to go start a podcast. Everyone is listening
0: on the internet. Come with
2: me. And I already had a big followership on the internet. I had a big following on the internet already. Mm-hmm. So we just moved it over to the pod. Now, was... So I, was, I was essentially podcasting while I was doing terrestrial radio.
0: Okay, so, so was podcasting, like was it fairly new at that point in time? And When you started it, it was new. There were a couple guys doing
2: it. It wasn't. It still is nothing more than just speaking into a mic, mm-hmm. capturing it on a file, and putting it up on iTunes. You know, just like well, yeah. sending it out. It's just it's literally just an audio file. It's it's we give it a name, but it, it really is no different than capturing a voice, just recording a voice, and and d- just. Distributing
0: the voice, you know. Well, yeah, obviously it's very easy to do, and like we mentioned, that's why now there's hundreds of podcasts. I mean, probably thousands of podcasts. But the, the beauty oh, of no, it there's, is
2: there's there's hundreds of thousands okay. of
0: podcasts. <laughs> there you go. And the beauty of it is unlike terrestrial radio. Um, if you do you know an episode and you have you have George Clooney on if you're on the radio it, it airs and then it pretty much disappears and it's gone forever with the podcast it's evergreen it goes up online people can discover it listen to it anytime they want all around the world I mean the, the media is, is just uh, it's such a great way to get your, your voice out there.
2: Yeah I mean in a way it's the difference it's sort of like Music, do you want to just turn on the radio and hope your song comes on? And Mm -hmm. if it does come on, uh, hopefully you're not halfway into it. And then, or would you rather just have it on your phone and listen to it whenever, wherever, and as many times as you wanted to? Right, if you wanted to pause it, walk away for a day, you come back the next day and listen to it, you know, and then send it to a friend. I mean, you couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine. Telling anyone under twenty five, you're gonna have to sit by this radio and wait for your favorite killer song to come <laughs> on. They'd punch you in the nuts, right?
0: Right. We used to. I used to do that. Did you used to do that? Have have a cassette in the in the player, and then listen yeah. to the radio. And as soon as your favorite song come on, you have to run over and plus press, press play record uh, to try and catch as much of it as you could.
2: It's so sad just holding that weird little uh, recording box up to the speaker <laughs> of the of the of the stereo it's sunk it's stuck you know but in a, in a weird way there was something and then and then eventually that got to making mixed cassette mm-hmm. But there was an artistry to doing the mixed cassette. You know, you get the ninety-minute tape. You know, it was forty-five minutes on each side.
3: TDK. You
2: figure you had about three and a half minutes left. <laughs> yeah. So you you weren't sure whether to actually go for it and, and may, might cut off before the end. That's right. That last Aerosmith song. Yeah, it was a, always always a kind of a always kind of a uh, there was a kind of a science to it, but it, it sort of made it fun.
0: Well, and also, too, you'd always get kind of the, the beginning of the intro and have the DJ's voice on it. This is all Speedwagon with Keep On Loving You, and you'd be wanting them to <laughs> shut up because a lot of the DJs would talk all through the intro until the singing started?
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the whole thing is DJs would know how long the music bed was yes. before the actual vocals kicked in. And even... If it was a two and a half minute music bed before the vocals kicked in, they would talk over that entire thing. Yeah. I don't know why they thought we wanted to hear them about the the time and the traffic while we're hearing that guitar lick at the top.
0: I know you'd want it. It's like stop it. Van Halen's got this awesome riff going on. Shut up. That's why. And so uh, I'm recording this.
2: Right. And I always liked the part where they they'd work. The theme of the song into it, so <laughs> you'd hear you'd hear Van, you hear uh, Eddie Van Halen's guitar lick, and it's like, anyone ever had a hot teacher? <laughs> Anyone grow up in Florida and know what it's like to have a beautiful 25-year-old blonde teaching them the A, Bs, and the Cs, well, then you may want it's like, shut the fuck up, let me hear the song already.
0: And, and that's the worst, that's the best example, because that's the beginning of Hot for Teachers, the best part, it's got that really wicked drum intro, and it's got the crazy guitar part going on, you'd have some jack-off talking over the top of it. <laughs> now, well, the good news
2: is, all those jack-offs are dead.
0: That's and, right. And...
2: Uh, And they'll never be replaced. Yes. No more. Somebody figured out we don't need those jack-offs
0: anymore. (laughs) Now, you sound like you're pretty much into music. Who are some of the bands that that you really dig?
2: Oh, you know, I find myself listening when I drive in my car, when I'm not on my phone or doing an interview or doing whatever. Mm. I find myself forcing myself to just listen to classical music. And the reason I do that. Hmm. Is because my schedule is so hectic. There's so much noise in it. I have so many conversations that I realize that just hearing non verbage like just literally not having process a sentence or a word or a thought, hearing classical, it's just like getting a foot massage while I'm driving. <laughs> so when I drive, I just put on the classical station and simply listen to that. When it comes to music overall, I can't stand all the electronic techno, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't stand the robot music; it, it drives me insane. All the club music, all that pulsating bullshit, right? drives me nuts. Uh, after that, I'm a sucker for the late seventies, early eighties, what would have been called New Wave, which would have been Elvis Costello, Joe Jackson, Graham Parker. Uh, the artists I like the most are guys like John Hyatt, who are sort of uh, singer-songwriter types. I guess I'm a sucker for the singer-songwriter types, but good jazz and good classical, and I'll take any day, any day of the week.
0: You know, it's interesting too. I was talking to Dave Mustaine a couple weeks ago, and he's doing a, 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 a classical show with the San Diego Symphony Orchestra, and you know, integrating some of the Megadeth tunes. But it's funny, like there's—is there any? Oh,
2: you- Goddamn wrestlers with your classical music—it never
0: ends. <laughs> Always classical, but there's nobody. Always classical. There's nobody making classical music now. It's funny, like there's no, there's no Bach or there's no uh like Vivaldi. There's no like you know Schwartz or Smith or Jackson or anybody making like new classical music. It's almost like a dead medium. Have you noticed that? Yeah,
2: I do. The good news is. The old stuff was so good, and there's so many different versions of it now that it's sort of like, you know, I I feel the same way about classical music as I feel about porn, which is, uh, (laughs) I love them both, and if they never made a new one of either of them, I'd have enough to keep me busy until the end of my lifetime. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, you're right, it was classic stuff. You mentioned late 70s, I was talking uh, the other day, the most underrated band of the 70s, by far, for me, is ELO. By far, oh yeah, you
2: agree? I absolutely. Well, one of the problems with ELO is people don't know what ELO was. I mean, they don't they don't really know it was just basically Jeff Lynn, You know? Yeah. And I had Jeff Lynn on my podcast. He's a he's a very sweet gentleman, but he's also you realize he's a musical genius, of course. And and you know, as it, good a songwriter and musician as he, as he is, he's also a great producer. Uh-huh. And he's produced, he, look, there's certain albums, I'll just tell my kids, look, you know, obviously when it comes to the Beatles, you gotta get Sgt. Peppers, and you gotta get Abbey Road and stuff, but there's there's a few good ones out there. You get the best of ELO, and you're you covered. I mean, that is just wall-to-wall, great songs, so rich, so symphonic, and, uh, yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you a deep cut from the '70s in a rock band, and uh, people are going to have to go to iTunes and look up some of their stuff. But uh, UFO,
0: oh, was totally. a great
2: rock band out of the '70s that doesn't really get their due these days.
0: Completely, and I think that's because I mean uh, they were always kind of fighting and arguing, and there was so much turmoil between them. But when you look at listen to "Strangers in the Night." uh, uh w- with Michael Shankar on guitar that that is a-, a a monumental very influential record for sure
2: yeah well, you know your UFO chris <laughs> and uh, yeah mo- most guys don't it's funny because they they remember you know fog hat and yeah. they remember BTO but they don't remember UFO and i'm like oh yeah no, that's that's quintessential 70s rock right there
0: is it because maybe UFO never had that one big monster hit? You know, like like Fog had, had Slow Ride. Everyone knows that, but UFO never had the big like one that everybody knows.
2: Yeah, they had, I guess, Lights Out in London or something. Yeah, like Lights Out. like your your live your live song. The great part about and you miss this because there used to be there used to be some great live songs. Like, I mean, obviously you have your Peter Frampton, mm-hmm. but you had your. You're Pat Travers, boom boom, out goes the lights. Yes. But in in UFO, when the guy's singing Lights Out in London He does Lights Out in London the first three times, and then the fourth time he goes Lights Out Chicago, and everyone goes insane, which leads me to believe he recorded that in Chicago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's from the live record where they quote-unquote recorded it in Chicago. Now, we were talking about Jeff Lennon and and ELO being so underrated, and also as a producer, Jeff uh, produced the last couple Beatles uh, tunes, Free as a Bird and and Real Love. Uh, Are you a Beatles guy, too?
2: I'm a Beatles guy. I love the Traveling Wilburys. Yes, uh, I mean o- almost anything that Jeff Lynn touches is just awesome. Uh, yeah, I, he, even um, uh, uh, Roy Arbison. I think he did. I mean the guy yes. just he, he doesn't. You, you know, you know he suffers from being too good at too many things. Uh huh. And maybe having too big a beard and always wearing dark glasses hasn't <laughs> helped him either. But like, I don't think people know who he is. He's he's he is probably responsible for more hits in a in an indirect way than John Lennon.
0: Well, oh, absolutely, absolutely. But that's another thing too. He didn't really look. Like a, like a rock star. But he definitely, I mean, he was one of the guys that, that I think really understood the genius of George Harrison. Because if you're looking at the Beatles, it's funny for, for poor George. He's a, a, he was an amazing songwriter, a great singer, a great guitar player. His only problem was he was in a band with the two best songwriters and singers of all time in Lennon and McCartney. So he was always going to be slotted number three in the Beatles. But the guy was a genius as well.
2: When it comes to solo work... I will take George Harrison over John Lennon any day of the week and twice on Sunday.: Wow, I always said that. People think it's blasphemous. Um, it's not a slight against John Lennon. I, I just I don't think John Lennon's solo stuff was terrific, and I think George, George Harrison's solo stuff was amazing, and I'd much rather listen to George Harrison's solo.
0: Well, there there wasn't a lot of John uh, output, and I mean, the, 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 my favorite thing is when you listen to All Things Must Pass. George was so stifled as a songwriter, he puts out a triple record as soon as the Beatles oh, break right. up—a triple record—and oh, right. you know, it just shows. I mean, uh, do you like it better than Wings too? Then you, you like George's work better yeah. than Paul and Wings? Gotcha. I I, I do. I
2: just I I <laughs> I don't love everything that he did. But the stuff that I do love, uh, I just love. I just, I, I just really like, wings were fine, Lennon was fine, but George Harrison, if you want to just get all things must pass, they're just the best of George
0: Harrison. Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty solid stuff. And then even when he came back and did his second stuff in the, in the 80s, that was fun too.
0: Oh, yeah, Got My Mind Set on You. Uh, that was a huge right. hit for him. And then, like you mentioned, even the Traveling Wilburys were massive, too. That was that was a great... Uh, it, it George always seemed like... Uh, did you ever see the Scorsese movie of uh, li- uh, Living on the, in the Material World that he did?
2: No, I never saw that.
0: Oh, you got to check it out, man. You need to watch it tonight if you have time. It's it, 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 it will make you... like It made George seem like the type of a guy... Like, if you went to a party and the Beatles were having a party, and you would walk in and go like, Hey, where's George at? And George would be in the corner with all the cool people around him telling stories or something. It just really makes you realize just how amazing of a person he was.
2: Yeah, I did. Oh, wait a minute. I did see that George. I did see that documentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It, it aired on I don't know HBO about a year ago. Yes. Or so, whatever, whatever it was. But yeah, I did. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Really, really. But wasn't it like a three
0: parter or something? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, it, uh, I saw the DVD was two parts. I think the thing was about three, three and a half to four hours long. Uh, and of course, done by Scorsese, you can't go wrong. It was very intricate, very detailed, and only only a, a portion of it was based around the Beatles, which is the way it should be. The rest, of the, I found the second half of all of his seventies and eighties work was was really amazing.
2: I I concur, and yeah, everything Scorsese does is great too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets.
3: You're listening to Talk is Jericho.
0: We're talking about, uh, to Adam Carolla, about all all things music. We got off on a musical tangent, which is always fun. Love talking music with uh, like-minded folks. But talk about how huge your podcast is. Uh, The Guinness Book of World Records, most listened to podcast of all time. Very successful. But now there's there's some issues going on with, with your podcast uh, where there's, there's uh, some hassle and some legal problems, and, and I, I know you want to talk about that, as do I. So kind of explain uh, what's been going on and why you had to establish the Corolla Podcasting Legal Defense Fund.
2: Well, we're being sued by patent trolls. And pat- patent trolls are lawyers mainly as, who buy up patents that already exist and then take them out and sort of dust them off and sue people with them and it's pretty broad stuff like you you try you say to yourself what do you mean who's suing you like what Mm -hmm. what what did you do and the answer is i i really don't know they don't need to give you an answer they just sue you they go to a a place in uh, eastern texas and they set up shop and they start suing people and what we're doing instead of paying them off because We didn't do anything wrong. And then secondly, if we paid them off, then they'd just come after everybody. Right. In our estimation, we're going to fight them in court. And once we fight them and beat them, then they'll go away. Now, if we roll over and just pay them like the mob, then they're going to go after Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go after Mark Maron. And they're going to have to go after everybody why wouldn't you? That's what they do, you know. Right. I mean, if if you you know if you go to Adam Carolla and Adam Carolla just goes, uh, here's a million dollars. Go away. Then you go. All right. Let me go to iTunes. Let me find the top two hundred podcasts and let's go right on down the line and start sending them cease and desist letters. Uh, instead, we're fighting them. Unfortunately, the patent litigation is some of the most expensive litigation in the world. I don't know why, but it is, and we are rallying all the podcasts to rally their fans and give to this legal defense fund. We're going to use all the money we raise and then probably some out of my pocket, probably a lot out of my pocket, to fight off these patent trolls, but that's the way we're going to do it. And what we're basically, is we set up a crowdfunding thing at fundanything.com. slash patent troll and we're just saying to everybody if you like listening to your podcast you want to keep it free and again maybe you're not a fan of mine maybe you like npr maybe you like the nerdist maybe like whatever believe you me they'll be next Mm -hmm. so contribute we will fight it we will win it and then the patent trolls will go away
0: it's almost like uh, you know, with, with like the cigarette industry or whatever. Like, if one guy goes down, everybody's going down. And obviously, they they hit you up first because you're you're the biggest podcaster, you know, in the world. As we said, what what is the patent that they're suing you for? What patent are you break? What law are you breaking or whatever for for them to be able uh, to come after you?
2: The, the their patent is for a playlist, meaning. You do, you know, we do Monday's podcast comes out on Monday and Tuesday's podcast comes out on Tuesday. And when you go to our website or iTunes and you see them in a sequential order, they claim that it's their technology. Now, you could only imagine if they beat us, (laughs) the entire Internet's going going away. Yeah, right. Every song playlist, uh, iTunes is going to have to close down, you know. So that's my point. It is not even my podcast. It's any podcast that, that you know, like I said, that it has an order of when their podcasts are released. That's the tech. But that's how thin it is. It's paper thin, but there's nothing you can do. You can't just walk into the courthouse and go, oh, please, give me a break. Right. You, you have to fight it.
0: No, you mentioned so so you're saying like you know for for example i have i think you know 32 episodes of my podcast i just started in, in december but the, the 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 software that makes it go here's here's episode 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 that's the that's the patent they, they claim they own yes wow wow that's, oh yeah we'll talk about thin like you said now you mentioned about east texas why why are they uh, are they filing in east texas is that like a a, a, a a patent troll haven or something
2: yes it is it it's it's a it's a safe they have friendly judges they have friendly courts it's big business for them to have all this uh litigation come their way if you think about it
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know lawyers have to literally pick up and go to texas for for months uh, hotels restaurants you know It's business. Uh, They like it. Uh, They think that they, in in most cases, when they're suing, you know, Apple or, you know, they're suing uh, Google or whoever, they think, you know, the the country folk don't like the big fellas and they're going to make them pay. You know, in this case, I'm not a big fella, but maybe they're coming after me because I'm a celebrity. And they think, you know, screw those Hollywood homos.
3: We're going to, you know, (laughs) we're going
2: to side with these guys. Either way, they have found a place which is friendly to their kind of litigation. And that's why they basically just hung their shingle there. I don't think these guys live in uh, Tyler, yeah. Texas, or wherever the hell they are. They just go down there, use a the courthouse, make their money, and go home.
0: So are you trying to see if you can get it changed to a different state? How do you fight oh, this?
2: Well, yeah, first... First thing I did was spend fifty grand on a change of venue, just li- literally fifty thousand dollars, arguing that our business isn't in Texas. Mm-hmm. Why are we going to Texas to fight this patent? Right. You know, that 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 was the first fifty grand.
0: Wow, uh, it-
2: it's a, it, it's insanity.
0: So so did they grant it to you? Or are you still that's still up in the air right now?
2: That's still up in the air right now. Everything's up in the air. But we have a court date, and the court date is uh, September, and that's that's when we go. That's when we go to fight the trolls.
0: And 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 I mean, I know this is it's so uh, ridiculous. I mean, there's so so many questions that I'm asking that are so basic, but I'm sure it's the same things that you're asking. So how do you how do you beat them? Like how do you prove that you didn't? I mean, I don't even know. Like how do you beat these guys?
2: Well, you hire experts.
0: Yeah, that
2: are expensive, and your your experts essentially explain that uh, you know you didn't you you know you hire a bunch of expensive guys and they basically explain to them that you know they're not using this or this is outdated or this is neither here nor there whatever it is and you end up winning. I mean, there's no. There's no doubt we're going to win because mm. if, if we I, honestly if we don't win, I, I can't imagine what the future for podcasting is. Mm. Everybody who's looked at the case, everybody who's had ten minutes of, of law school under their <laughs> belt, who's taken a look at this case, has said, "Oh, please, there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. You're going to win for sure." But in order to get to that point, it's going to cost you one point. Three million dollars right and that's where the problem lies
0: Mm-hmm. you know and it's interesting just like you said I mean this happened to me a few years ago in the WWE I, I, I got thrown over the top rope and I landed on a, a cable runner you know a guy that oh, just boy. and I landed on him and he was not paying attention he was in the wrong spot and he just I, I got mad at him so I kind of I dragged him like 12 inches across the floor and then, you know, a couple months later, uh, I, I get a call that I'm getting sued for $7 million by this guy because he can't work anymore and he's suffered, you know, interminable in injuries. And meanwhile, he, he just hired an ambulance chaser. And, but Vince McMahon's policy is I will fight this guy in court until he goes away because if i give this guy 20 grand or i give him 15 grand then suddenly the door opens and like you said there's a hundred people a a day that are going to try and get some kind of a a settlement so you could go and try and pay this guy off but if you do so then every podcaster itunes everybody that puts out a record is going to have to do the same
2: yeah well it's you know and it's why you don't negotiate with terrorists when they take hostages because they end up taking more hostages. Mm -hmm. If every single time a terrorist group kidnapped uh, a a CNN uh, film crew, you try to get them back, but you don't give them a million dollars in a Scud missile because that would put every film crew in more danger. Yeah. That then makes it a business. Right. And that's the problem.
0: How have uh, your fans and your listeners been responding? Is everybody kind of rallying behind you on this?
2: Yeah, I've been doing everyone's uh, podcast, uh, <laughs> making the rounds, uh, spreading the word. We're, I, I haven't checked today, but I, I think we're knocking on the door of about $300,000, which is pretty, 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 wow. sweet, pretty nice. Yeah. That's great. Nice response.
0: That's from, into, from people that's that's three hundred thousand dollars in donations so far
2: yeah and, and and it's like the good news is you got three hundred thousand dollars worth of fan support. The bad news is all you need is another million
0: <laughs> to, to, to get back to even <laughs> yeah exactly right exactly when, and you go to you go to court in October. So there's still, there's still time. And then for people, if they want to donate, they go to fundanything.com slash patent troll, P-A-T-A-N-T troll. Is that correct? Yeah
2: you, yeah, you go to fundanything.com, you'll see it up there on the front of the site, or you go to com. you'll see it up on our our site. And you just click it, and you just kind of you know give what you can.
0: Well, and that's the thing, and to all my listeners, too, remember, these podcasts are free, and that's something that we do... Uh, you know, we enjoy doing these podcasts, and obviously, we want to keep the keep keep the costs from coming out of your pockets. But this is something that, if you believe in, if you enjoy talk as Jericho, or you enjoy Adam Carolla's show, you, you need to donate to to help stop the patent trolls. And they're actually called that patent trolls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think they call themselves patent trolls, but. You know, I, I think garbage men probably call themselves sanitation engineers. Too,
0: but. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, a, a couple last questions for you. I know that we're fellow uh, Dancing with the Stars alumni. How did you enjoy doing that?
2: I I didn't enjoy it, but what I did what what I did it kind of transcended enjoyment, which is I found it so scary <laughs> and such a challenge, and I felt I was so far out of my comfort zone that I felt it was a, like a growth experience. And I, I don't know if you felt that way as well. I wasn't having fun, but I was having a nice growth experience.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's the reason why we did it. I mean, you know, I got asked a couple times, and the first time I was like, forget this. Why would I ever do that? And then you realize, you know, as a professional, it's a challenge uh, to get out there and do something that you'd never done before, like ever.
2: Right. And, you know, what, what if somebody said, what, are, what name me something you're good at? Well, for me, it'd be you know doing improv, doing stand up, uh, boxing. Those are things I'm good at. <laughs> All right, give me something you're bad at. Uh, reading and dancing would be my top two list. And somebody said, "All right, what if you were going to dance in front of 20 million people? How would that? What would that be like?" Well, I'm pulling into the NFL network right now so bear with me that's all right Uh, so i said so the the notion like if anyone's listening tell me what scares you what scares you reading out loud Mm -hmm. okay imagine reading out loud in front of 20 million people or what scares you uh snakes imagine handling a snake in front of 20 million people (laughs) you know so for me it's like what could be scarier than doing something you're horrible at in front of 20 million people. And that's basically why I decided to do it. I just, I, I, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm a sadist, but I just thought, you know, let's do something that scares me in front of a large group of people. That'll make it that much scarier. And maybe I'll get a little, I'll have a little growth experience out of it.
0: Well, yeah, and you're, you're totally right. Like you said, I mean, to go out in front of somebody. My first dance, I'd never danced before in front of 25 million people for sure. Uh, there's, one, there's one thing I was going to tell you, uh, you. You just got an offer to do reading with the stars.
2: Oh, no, God, no. Please, <laughs> dear God, no. Hey. No. <laughs> when you're talking... I'm not going to have Mario Lopez <laughs> kick the crap out of me. Hey. One more event. Paul,
0: Paul Reiser is an amazing reader. I'm just going to let you know that right now.
2: I'm screwed. <laughs> oh, hold on, Chris. Let me pick up the phone. I'm just... Uh, All right. The speaker. Look at this.
0: Off. This is real life stuff here. we got Adam Carolla pulling into the NFL Network parking lot on the air.
2: It's me. You got me.
0: He's receiving. He's receiving his pass. Can you hear me? Are you talking to us? We can hear you.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna drop my car here. Okay. Thanks. Did you get
0: your Um, Did you get your parking pass? Are you on the lot?
2: I got my parking pass. I'm on the lot. I'm I'm pulling up. I'm giving the valet my keys. I'm showing him this. See, this is window up. I'm taking my wallet. I'm hitting the roof. Thank you.
0: Did you did you tip him?
2: Uh, not yet. I haven't picked my car up.
0: Okay, sorry. You're going to pick it up afterwards. See, this is real life stuff. Adam is staying on the line with us because he, he he's actually picking up his parking pass to go on his crusade at the NFL uh, NFL Network. Which well, is, that's
2: the, you know, that's the thing for me. Is you know, it's unfortunately I have a really busy schedule and I have to spend quite a bit of time going out and you know. Going on Rich Eisen show, and, and not that uh, Rich isn't a treat, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to raise money to try to spend <laughs> this 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 legal case. So,
0: well, we it's, we, it's a job. We uh, well, that's the thing. You have to go out there. We we all love your your show. It's the Adam Carolla show, obviously the most popular podcast. Who's who's been who's been your favorite guest? Last question on your show.
2: Well, just a name dropper for out of the blue every once in a while. Just because we tweet out, you know, we'll take some calls. <laughs> Alec Baldwin calls in, and he's always he's always great. He called in, I think it was last week. Just for the like, you know, it's weird. Just hey, what's happening?
0: <laughs> just To see what's up, right? I
2: needed to talk. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of fun.
0: Well, All right, now they're cool.
2: going to now they're going to put me in hair and makeup. I
0: think. Wow, Adam Carroll is getting hair and makeup live here on Talk Is Jericho. This is incredible.
2: <laughs> I just walked into the NFL. I'm looking at Rich, Rich Eisen studio, but I don't see I don't see Rich Eisen.
0: Is is it a Let's nice uh, is it a nice studio?
2: Oh, no, it's top of the line. Hold on. You know Rich Eisen. You got the same hair. Where, where is Rich?
0: Adam Carolla is where trying to find Rich Eisen um, in the NFL building. This, well, is, the building. this is this is this is he here. This is top oh, news. You
2: used to do them here. Oh, all right. Uh, I went to the wrong. Yeah.
0: Adam Kroll has just gone building. to the wrong oh, building. All
2: right. No, I just ran into someone I went to high school with. This is Chris Jericho's uh, podcast. Hold on. What are you doing here, Judy?
0: Adam is meeting Judy. Oh. <laughs> Judy is there. Old friend of Adam's, <laughs> we to,
2: Judy. I went to high school with. I went to someone I was in the fifth grade with. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. I'm on fine, Rich. Good to see you. This someone went to fifth grade with.
0: Did you now, find walking
2: through the building? Well, I went to I went to Rich Eisen's old. This is a compound, right? Um, <clears throat> so now the guy went to go try to find where Rich Eisen's. You know what drives me nuts? What? What? You must experience this. What's that? They they ask you to come do something, mm-hmm. but there's no dude who's standing outside when D- you're supposed to pull in at... 11?
0: Oh, yeah, to tell you, yeah, to, t- to, to lead you where you're supposed to go?
2: Right. So then you wander around the place, circumnavigate it three times like Magellan, then eventually you pull up and you tap a guy on the shoulder and he goes, oh, there you are. You're yeah. Late. And you're like, yeah, and, buddy. Uh,
0: yeah, and, and meanwhile, it's a maze to try and find out where you have to go in those buildings. So it would be nice if someone would come down and, 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 and lead, not that you need your handheld, but just to show you which way you're supposed to go
2: just saying if you if chris jericho's showing up to do the 11 o'clock podcast about eh, ten fifty five? yeah send a guy down to the guard shack and he stands there
0: yeah exactly send, send the runner down to to come and, and meet you so there's so you so you're basically lost you still don't know where you are
2: i'm still wandering around oh now i got the wave
0: oh you got a wave I'll, okay
2: i'll ask the guy the question on it so not you're not over there anymore Security. Oh, security was supposed to keep an eye out for me. Well, you always. Keeps, oh, that's the guy. Security always drops the ball. <laughs> uh, that's exactly. Right, well, now I probably have to go.
0: All right, that's great though. we just talked about that, and then the guy that was supposed to find you actually found you and said, "Hey, there you are." <laughs> all right, thanks, Adam. We appreciate it, and everybody uh, listening right now, fundanything.com dot slash patent troll. Let's stop these uh, these bastards uh, before they start messing stuff up. Adam is on a crusade, and I'm asking all of you to join him. I know I will as well. All right. Thanks, Chris. And we've got more Talk as Thanks, Jericho Chris after this.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.
3: Talk is Jericho.
0: All right, let's go to the phones here. We got Alex calling from Connecticut. What's going on, Alex? Not much. uh, Just enjoying this rain. Okay, well, I'm in sunny L.A., so it sucks to be you. (laughs) Just kidding, uh, man. What's going on? What's your question?
2: My question is, uh, a band that you love and many people endorse, including a ton of celebrities, how did you discover Steel Panther?
0: Well, um, I actually, they came on my radar years ago when they were doing Metal School and Metal Shop. Uh, they used to play at the Viper Room, so this was back at the Key Club back in L.A., probably back in 2002, 2003. Um, And when I really started getting into them Was basically when we got offered To go on tour with them in Australia Just a few months ago That's when I really kind of got into the tunes And I watched them every night on stage And they killed it And I became a huge fan They're one of those bands That if you haven't seen them live you need to because it will change the way you think about them if you don't like them uh, I think they're one of the most entertaining bands one of the funnest bands you can go see and their tunes are really good the harmonies are great the riffs are great the cooks are great so um, definitely I love them too because I've known them for years and the fact that they made it against every rule that dictates what you're supposed to do to make it you know and I just think that's a it's a really cool success story great band
2: and what would you say is your favorite track off the new album?
0: Uh, probably Glory Hole or Gang Bang at the old folks' home. How about you? Very nice. Uh, I, I were king. Okay. Well, and just so you know, a little bit of a, 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 a secret that I'm revealing. Steel Panther will be a guest on Talk is Jericho very, very soon. So there you go. You, very you, you, nice. heard, you heard it here first. Very nice. A bombshell. All right, man. A big bombshell. Exactly. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Let's head over to Donnie in Phoenix. The desert. Hi, what's, going, what's going on in the Hi, desert, dear. Donnie?
3: Not much, really hot. But uh, I was wondering uh, if you ever came back in a non-wrestling capacity to WWE, say, as a manager. What current WWE superstar would you most want to manage? Um,
0: well, uh, I don't know. Um, actually, I probably could be a manager. People ask me sometimes if I, you know, if I would be behind the scenes as a writer or as a, you know, as a, as a producer, and I always say no because my ego's too big. I like being in front of the camera. But I could see myself being a commentator or, or maybe a manager if such a thing even exists anymore. Um, don't really know because right now most of the guys that are there, if they need uh, the, the mouthpiece, they pretty much have one. Paul Heyman is doing a great job with Brock Lesnar and with Cesaro. So um, I think I also love the fact that uh, what he did with CM Punk, you know, as far as – uh, a, a guy that didn't really need a mouthpiece but just two great talkers put together like Nick Bockwinkel and, and Bobby Heenan did. So I guess it would depend, you know, it's not something I'm going to be doing anytime soon. So uh when the time comes I would look around and scout out who's got a lot of talent but needs a little bit of help on their promos or somebody that's a, a great talker that you could really have some good uh, back and forth with. So can't really pick a name right now because everybody's kind of taken care of. You know what I mean? Who do you think who, who do you think needs a good manager?
3: Uh I was thinking some of the NXT guys, like maybe Sami Zayn, could use a good mouthpiece when he comes up.
0: See, I haven't seen. I don't watch NXT uh, really, so I haven't really seen him. So I'm sure there's a lot of guys down there that can use use some help. You know, it's it's, learning how to talk is is it takes takes time, and some people pick it up right away, and other people, you know, never get it. So it just depends. But I I think I think having a manager, uh, bringing back some managers, is, is a great idea and something that the WWE should think about if you can find the right guy, because there's always going to be that that, that that dude that doesn't really talk well, but has amazing, amazing potential, and that's when you need the you need the help. So, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, Donnie. Definitely, man. Have a nice night. Let's go over to West Longbridge, New Jersey with Michael. How you doing, man? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. What's going on?
2: I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan of you ever since you're in WCW.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. What's your My
2: uh, favorite gimmick was when
3: you were stealing all the masks, and, and every time you talked to Joe uh, Joe Dylan to steal, you get your
0: belt back, that was my favorite time. Oh, yeah, when I was doing the souvenir thing. I stole Juventus uh, yeah. mask, Disco Inferno's headband, Prince Ikea's <laughs> lay. <laughs> that was just called keeping myself uh, amused, basically, more than anything. <laughs> what's uh, What's your question today, man?
2: My question is what. Uh, NHL playoff series are you most
0: looking forward to the thing, and who do you think is going to win the cup well I'm a diehard Winnipeg Jets fan and it's a drag that they didn't make the playoffs again but I mean um, you know no other Canadian teams are in but I, I, I live in Tampa I've got a good relationship with the Tampa Bay Lightning so I'm going to cheer for them for now as far as, cool. as who do I think is going to win I don't know man who do you think Anaheim Chicago who, who, who do you think has got the upper hand right now
3: I think Anaheim, maybe St. Louis, but St. Louis has a lot of injuries right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, who's your team? The Devils. Yeah, the Devils. Okay, so uh, so tell me some of the first round matchups because I'm not familiar with all of them.
2: Well, you got the Rangers and Flyers. Okay, let's do this right now.
0: Here's what we're going to do. I got Michael here from New Jersey. We're going to make our predictions on every series and see what happens. Okay, so so the first, who's the first one that you just said?
3: Rangers and Flyers.
0: Rangers, Flyers. Okay, I'm going to take the Rangers. How about you?
3: I don't want to do it, but I have to take the Rangers.
0: (laughs) All right, so next is Detroit at Boston. Who are you going to take there?
2: Boston. I think that can go seven games.
0: Okay, I'll take the Red Wings because Darren McCarty was on my show, so I'll go for the Wings. That's your buddy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Montreal and Tampa Bay. I'm going with Tampa. Montreal. Ooh, you saucy saucy, uh, saucy Joe here. Okay, uh, after that, uh, is Columbus and Pittsburgh? I mean, who, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Columbus, who cares? Worst name ever. Blue Jackets. Horrible
2: jersey, Harbour logo.
0: I know. I don't like it. Okay. Let's go over to the other <laughs> conference now. And it's Minnesota and Colorado. I'm going to go with Colorado.
2: I-, I agree with you. Colorado.
0: Okay. And is Chicago and St. Louis <laughs> are next? I'll go Blackhawks. You?
2: I want to say St. Louis if they were healthy, but they're not healthy, so I'm going to say Blackhawks.
0: Okay, and then we go over to Dallas and Anaheim. It's going to be a good battle, but I'm going with with the Ducks.
3: Me too. Anaheim as well.
0: Okay, and it's uh, L.A. Kings and the Sharks, Battle of California. Wow, I don't know. What do you think about that one?
2: That's a 50-50 shot.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with the Kings.
2: I was going to say the Kings as well.
0: All right, so we got Rangers, Red Wings, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Blackhawks, Ducks, and Kings on my end, and uh, we'll see what happens in a, in a couple of weeks when the first round is over. We'll go for our next Look, round. Best time of the year. That's right, man. You know the hockey's going to be good. No matter who wins, the hockey is always amazing at this time always, of year. Always so. the best. Well, thanks for your call, man. I appreciate it. We'll see if we uh, Thank, can win some for cash. My call, sir. And you should be going to DraftKings.com. To uh, to make your your uh, make your predictions here and win some money. I, I will now. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for linking to Amazon through the Talk is Jericho page at podcast1.com whenever you do your online shopping. It's easy to find and easy to do. Just go to podcast1.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page, and that'll take you to all the sponsors of Talk Is Jericho, including the Amazon links. We even have Amazon links for Canada and the UK, so please make sure to link to Amazon whenever you do your shopping. Every every time you do that amazon kicks back a few dollars to talk as jericho so i can keep bringing you the pot of the now twice a week for free. No hidden fees, no extra charges. You still get the great Amazon prices and services, but you just help out Talk is Jericho in the process. So please go to PodcastOne.com and click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page, and thank you, that's you, for hitting that download button. In fact, if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend to check out the show, and tell them to tell a couple of friends, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Somebody's going to get the ass kick you could even hit that subscribe button at itunes so you never miss an episode so do it now do it i'm telling you we'll see you next week with more talk is jericho stay hard stay hungry stay heavy yeah boy
3: you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and friday at podcastone.com that's podcastone.com this has been a podcast one production executive producer norm pattis